He's got a beautiful backswing. Dad! Oh, he got all of that one. Oh my gosh. That is amazing. Lay up with an iron into the hazard. Well, that wasn't quite what I meant, you know. What's up, everybody? Welcome into another edition of the 73rd Hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. Colby Powell, Taylor Williams, Sam Humphries, Jim Woodward, the whole crew is here. Sam, glad you're back from the great state back. of Texas. Was everything, in fact, bigger? Uh, Texas just sucks. I mean, <laughs> honestly, it takes 45 minutes to get everywhere. Dude, the, the traffic on the 35 is Bermuda just, Greens, is just nothing's good about it. I mean, even, we went to the Rangers game. Now, there's nothing better than being at a ballpark, but, you know, the new stadium, you know, it's just a giant barn. I mean, it's it's basically just nothing. I mean, I, I, I mean... There was nothing great to say other than we had a blast for my buddy Jordan Boyer's bachelor party. Um, by the way, I do want to start off the show by saying, you know, we're praying for you, Mom. She's starting chemo this morning, Absolutely. and she was no in doubt, good spirits. Man. We hung out yesterday, and um, my mom, you know, she's a fighter, and, and she's going to get through this, but uh, I know she'll probably be listening to this. She'll have a little more uh, downtime than normal, and so, uh, Mom, we're praying for you, and, you know, Keep your head up. So yeah, you know, as we argue about golf on this show, it's it's important to keep things in context and realize people have things going on in life, and uh, that's mm-hmm. one of them. So sending all of our best to her, and I uh, hope she's doing well. Uh, Woody, how you doing? We're glad you could uh, join us on the show this morning. Well, I might sound a little rough, but uh, I'm I'm actually on the uphill side of this COVID thing. Uh, I. I was saying to you guys earlier, I'm not, I don't think I'm going to die. I, I'm pretty sure I'm not, but, uh, well, I don't want this. Yeah, no doubt, Woody. Well, we're glad you're on the upward trajectory, and we're wishing you the best. Hope that you get feeling better soon. All right, fellas, we got a little golf to talk about today. Taylor, you're headed out to Gallardia today, I believe. You're going to tee it high let it fly? I'm going to do my best. A little scramble action. So, oh, y'all are scrambling. It is a scramble. Okay, yes. we scrambled yesterday for my little pistols firing golf outing. Well, I wonder if Gladio will be in a little better shape than Lakeside was. Uh, it's, you know, honestly, <laughs> Lakeside's always in just, like, good shape. Like, Lakeside's never going to confuse you as, like, some major championship venue. But just as a little muni that gets a bunch of play, it's they, great. Keep it, they keep it in good shape. Yeah. It is great. I, I love Lakeside. I love the fact that we're playing a little bit more golf, fellas. I played three oh, rounds no of doubt. golf this past week. How'd you play? I played good. Surprisingly, I like, played so much better but, yesterday. But here's than I the best I would. part about playing with your buddies is you don't put. I don't put anything inside like three feet, and so I don't <laughs> ever get pissed off. So, <laughs> so it's great. That's brilliant. That's absolutely brilliant. Uh, well, if boy, I, I know Lexi wish she was playing by those rules, we'll uh, we'll boy, get no to doubt. we'll get to Lexi here in a bit because I want to talk about our guy Xander Shoffley. We were looking it up right before you got here, Sam and Xander Shoffley. This is the first time that he has won a full field. PGA Tour event as an individual. He won the Zerk. Mm-hmm. First individual full-field tour event with a cut since his inaugural win on the PGA Tour in 2017 at the Greenbrier Classic. He also did win the Tour Championship that year, and that was before they switched over to the four-round total, whatever. So, honestly, I would have totally taken the field on, on Friday whenever he had the five-shot lead. I would have taken the field. It kind of seemed like he was just waiting for somebody else to beat him. He only went 67-68 on the weekend, which was not as low as some of the other guys up there. But that five-shot lead at the halfway point was enough, and... Xander hoist the trophy. I mean, the first time he's ever converted a 54-hole lead, that's a pretty surprising stat to me. Yeah. I mean, but it's not when you when you hear, hear the stat that Colby just gave out. But Xander, guys, 
I mean, he was putting great this week. He really was. Um, but to me, he wasn't the story of the day. The story of the day is the same thing that I told John Rahm at the U.S. Open. Take the lip out of play, right, T-Dub, to Sahith? Sahith? Yeah, so and I, I just want to say this, right? Like I, A lot of people say Nick Faldo on the broadcast was just ripping his decision hit driver on that hole. I don't have a problem with that. The reason he's saying that is because on the first, or I'm sorry, on Saturday, he literally hit the biggest slice you've ever seen in your entire life. It went like 50 yards right. So then what does he do? He ends up pulling his drive the next day into the bunker, and it landed and rolled up against the lip. But the, deci- the bad decision came from the club to try to get out of the bunker and get it onto the green. He was like, what, 120 yards or something like that? Mm-hmm. And he wanted to hit whatever, a pitching wedge or whatever it was, and that lip was just too big. There was no chance in hell that that ball was going to get over. I know Colby had mentioned that he said that after the round. or what After the round, he said that he straight up bladed it. Like, what? he was just yeah. – he, he didn't try to, like, what cover for it. what else going to do out of a fairway bunker? Yeah, I mean, I, honestly, he sh- obviously he should have thrown it out in the fairway and then flipped a wedge onto the green. He even said in his post-round interview, you know, I thought it was the right decision at the time. Hindsight's twenty twenty. He, I like Sawhith because all week he was just super candid in his interviews, man. He's just so, he's an open book. Saturday, he was like, yeah, I'm going for my first tour win tomorrow. I'm going to be very nervous. And I just, I don't know, Sawhith has a very likable quality about him. Well, it's just, it's just a common trend. I mean, Everyone's talking – I've heard a million times. I've never heard uh, seen a player finish top five or whatever it was and not win, and more people talk about than what happened to waste management with T. Gala. But the thing was, people keep talking about what happened on 17. He aimed too far left off the tee. That's what we talked about on this show. It landed, and it gave You're him talking the, about 17 and waste management. Uh, uh, waste management, yeah. yes, yes. That's exactly what I'm talking about. And it, it was a mental mistake. And so he tried to do the exact same thing, Woody, over here, and it just seemed like I'm not going to blame the caddy or anything like that, but it just seemed like people take into account whenever you choke and you make swing faults. But Woody, it was the mental mistakes I think that are costing Sahith maybe two PGA Tour wins now. Oh, without a doubt. In fact, we were texting back and forth, and that's what I said. I said it. I didn't feel like his golf swing left him at any time yesterday. In fact, I thought he played better than anybody in the field. Uh, the decision on 18, yeah, he. He's got to get the ball out of that bunker. He's got to give himself a chance to make a par because he doesn't know what Xander's going to do. We we didn't know Xander was going to hit it in there about five feet, you know, but it's a lot easier to hit it in there five feet with a two-shot lead. So I, I, I think that that's, we're still talking about rookies here. We're still talking about guys that are getting their feet wet. Um, how many times do you make that mental mistake and, and, and not re- – learn from it or get better at it. I don't know. That's two for him now. So third time's a charm. Hopefully he won't do it a third time. You can just tell how young he is and inexperienced he is based on, you know, you'll see him do something great. Like on 17, the great putt, you think he's going to win the golf tournament. And then, guys, it, it, it just seems like he needs some of these under his belt. I agree with you guys that he didn't lose the golf swing on the back nine. It just seemed like mental mistakes, similar to what OU did yesterday, right, Colby? Oh, I mean, college baseball, what a great sport. <laughs> what a great sport. What a great weekend in Oklahoma. I, I've been a lifelong Ole Miss baseball fan uh, since Saturday afternoon. Um, so it was, it was really a culmination of all of our hard work, everything we've been through together. So it was, it was a lot of fun yesterday. So Sam brought up the putt that Thigala made on 17, but people may not notice, this is where I thought he won the tournament. His ball on 17 ended up in a divot. 
Mm-hmm. And he hit it to like 15 feet. That's right. And Ele- 11 feet. 11 feet. It was sorry, great. Sorry. Yeah, even better. It was great. Once again, so if he wouldn't, if he would hit a bad shot there, we probably would be coming on the show ripping the rules of golf and saying they need to be changed, but they do need to be changed. Literally tomorrow, that rule <laughs> should be changed. It's absolutely ridiculous. But yeah, just the minerals to be able to do that and then to make the, the mental mistake that he did on, uh, on 18 because... That tee shot on 17, guys, is not very inviting. I mean, that is a narrow son of a bitch, It's a tough man. hole. I mean, it, it <laughs> truly is, hole. dude. And he, is, he apparently doesn't have a three-wood in his bag, so he just bunts a little, his little driving iron out there. What did he hit on the green on 15? I mean, he hits it 280 yards. I mean, gosh dang, that's a pretty useful club there. So it just seemed like he had so many things in control. And then he pulls one drive on 18. He literally played the whole final round bogey-free. And he still finished bogey-free because he made but a double. If I'm his caddy, <laughs> if you're the caddy, how do you not – and I'm sorry, I don't know his name, saw his caddy, but how do you not just tackle him at that point when you see what's about to happen? You just – all you got to do is lay out of the bunker, throw it on the green. You might make the putt and win, but you're at least going to force Xander, who, by the way, when he hit the shot into 18, when Xander hit the shot into 18, he already knew – what Soth had done. There was no pressure at that point. Exactly. That's no what pressure. I'm saying. You have to force. Once you hit the ball in the bunker, that's the mistake. In the, the great Mike McGraw quote that he always said, and, you know, he told us this in junior golf when he came and spoke at, you know, the Oklahoma, Texas golf tournament down at the Red River, right? And he always said, don't compound one bad shot with two or three bad shots in a row. You have to hit a good shot after a bad shot. And it was a, just... Typical textbook mental mistake by Soth, and it lost him the golf tournament and didn't put any pressure on Xander, who is known for kind of faltering under pressure. I, I, occasionally, Xander catches a wall of wind. Well, it's great that you mentioned the Mike McGraw story, Sam, because when we had uh, Mike on, he, he brought up a great story about when T- uh, Taylor Gooch was a freshman playing Olympia Fields, and he hit it over in the trees, and there was pond short, and he's like, Anytime if this was a senior or bigger tournament, he would have told Gooch to punch out, but he said he needed to learn that experience to get through that and know that he ended up making a triple bogey or whatever the hell it was. So you learn from that and you don't do it again, but I just I don't know. It's how many times is Sahith gonna have to make a bad decision on the final two holes of, of a PJ Tour event to finally break through. I think it's coming, Colby, but at the same time it's just I don't know. I'm going to have to see it before I believe it because it's the old Steve Smith quote. You know, it's like losing's like cigarettes. It, it stains on you whether you believe it or not. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's tough for Sawhith the way that it's happened twice this year. 17 at Phoenix, 18 now at uh, at the Travelers. But, but it's still a hell of a year. It, it is. It is a hell of a year. He's up to 66th in the world. He's having a good rookie season. He came in without status, and uh, he's working his way up. So he's having a good season. He's just got to be able to put it together on those last four holes. I think maybe he'd have gotten better contact yesterday out of that bunker if he would have had a Groove It brush, a little cleaner grooves, launch that thing high, grooveitbrush.com, promo code 73rd hole. Go pre-order now. They're sold out. They'll be back soon, and then you will get yours uh, in time for the rest of this summer golf season as things start to cool down here in a couple of months. Grooveitbrush.com, quite possibly the finest golf club cleaner ever made. Go check it out. Promo code 73rd hole for 10% off. Woody, I'm curious to ask you. Obviously, we saw Torby Ornson, uh, you know, from Boston, who we saw at the U.S. Open, and he finishes solo fourth uh, at 15 under as an amateur in this golf tournament, Woody. Is this the best amateur performance we've seen since maybe Phil Mickelson? Because I don't remember any, you know, amateur really having a chance to win the golf tournament like that, you know, in the last 10 years or so. Well, when you watched him play the front nine and the way he started that back nine, I was Sam. I got to tell you, I thought this kid might have pulled it off. Uh, of course, he ran into a little bit of a, a glitch here when he makes that bogey on the par five. But I, 
I hate to admit it, I'd heard the kid's name. I knew he was from Stanford, but I was not that familiar with him. And so watching him play, I mean, is it not amazing how many young, great players? I mean, the Cootie kid won the the Corn Fairy event. Yeah. What, it was his second try? Um, so I, I think right now golf is, is so rich with so much talent that it's a catch-22. Do we have the superstar like we always had in Tiger? Uh, no, but we've got them lined up from here to Timbuktu. I mean, they are – there's one right after the other that I'm going, where did he come from? What's this one? So the great news is, is we've got a stable full of young, upstart, really good players. Even if the Libs takes a few, I still think there's some out there that are going to surprise us. And, you know, just to mention I'll throw Thor Bjornsson here for a second, what do you think he gave up by being an amateur and finishing fourth? What is it, like 400 dollars Probably, yeah. Yeah. With yeah, the NIL, yeah, well, why can we not pay these guys? USGA. Yeah, USGA. It's it's no, it makes no sense, right? I, that's why, that's when you get school. multiple governing bodies involved. That's when that's what you deal with. So, guys, yeah. let me ask you this. So, bringing up uh, Cootie, who obviously won on the Corn Ferry Tour, he could have, like, I, I'm very sh- certain that if he wasn't playing in that Corn Ferry event, he could have gotten a sponsor's invite into the Travelers. Now, if it were you guys, and, and T-Dub, I'll ask you first, would you play in the Corn Ferry event? Because we've seen a lot of guys who are in the top five of PGA Tour U take PGA Tour sponsors exemptions and go play, but it doesn't necessarily translate to them getting a PGA Tour card, and Cootie goes ahead and plays in the Corn Ferry event and you know goes ahead, and it looks like he's probably going to get a PGA Tour card, T-Dub. It, it's, a, it's a weird situation, it truly is, because... Guys, I think we can all agree that the PGA Tour U rules are going to change within the next year, right? Like, the, like Very the, certain, the guys yeah. are not going to be have to go to the Corn Ferry Tour. So this isn't. I don't even think this is going to be a discussion within the next twelve months. But if I if I had to choose, I would just. This has been my philosophy on all these things when it comes to qualifying tournaments, anything like that. The goal is always to get in the best event possible. So if you have an opportunity to play the best event possible, why wouldn't you do it? And so I would just say if you're on the PGA Tour, because then if you go out and you do what Thor Bjornsson did and finish fourth, not only are you going to make a lot more money than you would on the Corn Ferry Tour, but you're going to get more starts into the next few weeks on the PGA Tour, which is where you want to be anyway. So I don't I don't know, Colby. Maybe you have a different side of that to me. but No, not necessarily. I think before the week, I probably would have said PGA Tour. Now, you can do the whole hindsight thing. Cootie wins on the Corn Ferry Tour, which obviously gives him in a much better position now to get through the Corn Ferry and end up getting his tour card and have status for next season. So, I mean, in hindsight, great week for Pearson Cootie going I mean, out and winning the golf yeah, tournament. unbelievable. Is he able to replicate that if he, if he plays in, uh, in the Travelers? I don't know. By the way, I think we would be remiss if we didn't point out the hilarious sponsor of the Corn Ferry Tour event this week. The tournament was called the Live and Work in Maine Maine Open. <laughs> <laughs> That's the tournament. That's it was, beautiful. It was sponsored by Live and Work in Maine. Live and Work in Maine Maine Open. Well done. I wonder I what their it. business model is. I think they want you to live and work in Maine. I don't think they want you to just do one or the other. I think they want you to do both. Has anyone ever been to Maine? No. I have not. I've heard it's unbelievable. What, what have you been to Maine? I've been to Maine. Uh, Maine is uh, Maine. Let's just say, go to Maine in the summertime. Do not go to Maine in the winter. And uh, always get lobster when you're in Maine. Other than that, I can't tell you a lot about Maine. All right, here, here, I got a fun fact about Maine. You know, it is the closest United State to Africa. Uh, yeah, because it's so far east, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maine sticks way out east on the top of the U.S. Wow. Yeah, yeah. 
Globes, man. <laughs> Geography. And there you have it. There, there you have it. That's All right. Well. Hey, I, I do want to bring up one more thing while we're talking about PGA Tour. You possibly changing? Go ahead, and then we'll then we'll have the dreaded Lexi conversation. Go. Let's do Lexi. You want to do Lexi first? This is going to be a live. It's live is going to tie into this, and we need more time. Okay. So let's go ahead right. and get to Lexi, and then break. Let's get to Lexi then. KPMG Women's PGA Championship. NG Chun has a seven shot lead at one point on Thursday. Leads by five. She leads by six pretty much all day Friday. Lead is cut to three after Saturday. Then headed to the back nine on Sunday. NG Chun trails Lexi Thompson by two shots. By two shots. Lexi Thompson a year ago in 2021 at Olympic Club. She had a five-shot lead headed to the back nine at the U.S. Open. Lexi Thompson has some scar tissue on these short putts. Taylor, you, me, and Woody were talking about it yesterday. It was so hard to watch Lexi Thompson trying to get the ball in the hole on the back nine yesterday. There is just serious... There's something seriously mentally wrong with her on the back nine of majors that she just cannot overcome to get these short putts in the hole. I brought up the Steve Smith quote earlier. I mean, that she'd been smoking a lot of cigarettes, man, because what it seems like, because it's, it's so intense. You can see it visibly. It's, you can see on that two-footer, she was so nervous, and, and just the arm shaking, and then especially the chip shot is where it was really bad. There's this that little right shoulder dips under, just the ultimate where you don't want to skull it, and that's all she did was totally skull it. So, I don't know. It, it just it seems to me like maybe once she can break through and get a, another major win, because it's been, what, eight years now since it's happened, maybe that will kind of break the seal and she'll be able to get some more confidence. But right now, Woody, it's it's so bad that it's – I don't know if she's – I don't know if she could have a 10-shot lead going into the back nine and, and come through. It's, it's That's how atrocious it is right now. Yeah, I mean, Woody, watching her yesterday, what were you thinking as, as you watched her play that back nine? Well, no, <laughs> gosh, it's sad. Uh, I was, I, you know how when we were talking about Zalas Horace, don't let, let him have a three or four footer. Uh, Lexi, I was just hoping like crazy she wouldn't have a chip shot or one of those critical putts. And then the second she did, and it was just ugly, ugly. Um, at that point, then you're just hoping that it doesn't get any more embarrassing. I'm not sure what it is, guys. I've never – I was very fortunate in all the years I've played golf. I really never had the yips with my chipping or my putting. Um, so I can't really relate. But I do know that it's as much mental, if not more, than it is physical. I'm pretty sure it's all about between their ears. And once you said it best, guys, their scar tissue – and it's easy to say, well, just forget about that three-footer you just missed. And no, 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 it just doesn't happen that way. So I'm not sure what the answer for her is because her stroke is so bad when she's under that gun that I, I don't know that a long putter, short putters, any kind of putters can help. I, I really wouldn't know what to tell you with her other than the fact that she's got to go start probably to the sports psychologist side of it, and they got to figure out some way to just – not make it that important on that back nine of that major so she can get over this hurdle. That's the whole point, Woody, that I was just about to bring up, is that she has got to trick her brain somehow into thinking that it is just like every other shot and that she's not in the situation that she's in under pressure. That's how people get out of the yips. They trick their brain into thinking 
that they are not actually doing what they're doing. You right? have to imagine, yeah. like, Lexi's got to be talking to a sports psychologist and stuff about this, she right? She has to be. Trying you to figure so. it out because I think it was, maybe it was no laying up yesterday, had a great tweet, said, imagine the thing that you want most in the world, leading a major championship on the back nine on Sunday, also being the thing that terrifies you the most in the world, and doing it over and over again. Yeah. It, it's not, Lexi won a major in 2014 at, at the Chevron. It hasn't won one since. And, and it's like, every time she gets there, that's right where she wants to be. But she's terrified, and it's just, it is confounding to watch. It really is. But here's the problem. It doesn't happen very often, and you can't practice it. You can't practice feeling those feelings, and that's why the stroke looks so bad is because it's such a foreign feeling in her body, and then, you know, compounding the scar tissue on top of that, that she's just so tense, and, and, and it just feels like, you know, it feels like it's just weighing on her with a thousand bricks on her shoulders. You know what I mean? It, it You can visibly see it. So somehow, whether, you know, changing something technically to make her think that she's not going to have those problems anymore. I've seen Yips fix that way where you fix something technically where, you know, she might not need it on a normal stroke, but just fix something, change something. You know, pick, you have to cha- uh, trick your brain, like I said, whether it be technical, whether it be, you know, minimizing the moment, she has to trick her brain. But right now, it, it, it's scary to watch. It really is. It, it gives me nightmares because I went through the same thing back, you know, when I was early in college or late in high school. Well, and for Lexi, too, it's tricky because generally, and, and some people it's different, but generally if you have the yips, it's generally on only one aspect of the game, right? It's either driving yeah. yips or it's putting yips, chipping yips. Like Tiger, he, even he had the chipping yips, but he also he didn't have the putting yips at the same time. Well, Lexi right. on the back nine, it's putting and it's chipping. Um, you it's know, rare. I, I, I can't remember a person that, that good having both. Well, and it's like even on – we keep talking about the shot on 16, uh, the par 5, where she was just greenside and essentially bladed it right over the green. Well, she could have chipped that next ball. She could have putted it too. Well, you definitely knew she was going to putt, and she hit it 25 feet by or whatever it was. So you could tell that even at that point, it's, whenever she gets close enough to where she can't just use her athletic motion and ability to just hit the ball a long ways, because that's what she's known for because she actually kills And that's it. what she's good at. She's great at. Yeah. That's how she keeps getting into contention at these tournaments. And that really doesn't go away on the back nine, right? It's the it's just any time that she gets in a spot to where it's not really a full swing, that, that's when it, that's when the nerves kick in. And, Woody, I, I'm curious to get your thoughts on this because from my perspective, I think the short putting yips, I, I don't know where the chipping yips come from, but I know where the short putting yips come from, and it's because it's the last chance on the hole you have. And if you miss it, you're – literally losing a shot to the entire field. And, and I think that it's definitely more mental than technical, right? Oh, by far. It's, and what you just said is so true. You've got to be able to check that. We've all done it. How many times did you miss the three-footer, you drag it back, and you just cut it and it goes right in? Every time. you don't care. <laughs> Every time. You don't care, right? We don't care. and And so – it's a catch-22. You, you, you're supposed to say, oh, I just don't give a crap about this. I don't care if it goes in or not. Yeah, that's what you really got to start doing. You got to start worrying about not making putts. Quit worrying about making the putt and just putt it and move on. And it sounds real easy. Like I said, Sam, you can you, you much more can relate than I can because I really never had that. Now, there were times I'd get nervous and I'd either shut my eyes and putt or I'd look at the hole and putt. Would, would you but, shut your eyes in a tournament, Woody? Oh, hell yes. Really? 
And yeah, and, yeah, and that yeah, was effective yeah. for you? Oh, without a doubt, because you don't know when the putter's going to hit the ball. Wow. So you yep. don't have a tendency to flinch. I, so, I was just going to bring yeah. that up, Woody, because that's how I fixed mine, but it, I didn't close my eyes. I had to go to the claw because I was hitting the uh, ball too much with my right hand, right, Woody? And so right. that was the technical right. side of it. Um, and the mental side of it was in, it's the only shot on the golf course where you're not focused on target. You're focused on making it. And I had to train yeah. train, like train, train my brain to think, I'm just going to focus on where I start it instead of making it, right? Mm-hmm. Right, exactly. Because that's the hardest thing about putting it is it's all about result-oriented, and that's the problem. We don't expect to hit a driver in the hole. We don't expect to hit a five-iron in the hole. We really don't expect to chip the ball in the hole very often. But once we're on the green, all of a sudden our brain says, well, I'm supposed to make every putt, let alone those ones that are real close. I definitely am supposed to make those. But, yeah, we've seen it, guys. Uh Doug Sanders in 1970 at the British Open, that putt, that poor putt he hit on 18 at St. Andrews, probably one of the worst looking things I've ever seen. And your body can get so twisted and your mind can get so twisted that the putter really can't hardly even go back. It's, it's a phenomenon that is, uh, they've done studies after studies of it, but it, 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 it's going to happen. And that's uh, choking is a terrible word. I hate it. I really do because it's, it's almost, uh, it makes them sound like they're doing something wrong. They did something right to get to the position they are to be able to, as we say, joke. It's just you've got to work through it. And, and Lexi's, man, she's got some real problems here. And I don't know what to tell her to do other than exactly what we're just saying. Go to somebody. You guys got to work through it. But she's going to have to get back in there and get under the gun again because we can't see if she can do it or not until she does again. While we're on the side of mental talk, and Woody's not going to be with us after the break, so I have to get his opinion on this before he goes. Going back to the Travelers real quick, Rory McIlroy played the weirdest golf term I've ever seen <laughs> in my entire life. <laughs> he was 13 under through the first, what, 29 holes of the tournament? Yeah. 13 under. Yeah. And then he had to birdie five of his last 11 holes to get to nine under. So from Friday yeah, he, afternoon. He got hot yesterday to finish T11. From Friday afternoon. T19. T19. Uh, <laughs> from Friday afternoon to yesterday morning, he was nine over par after being 13 over. Or 13 under. I apologize. Woody. I, I can understand if the amateur Thor Bornson did this or something like that, but one of the best, maybe the best player in the world right now, besides, I guess you could throw Scheffler in there, but Rory been playing so good lately. What in the world happened to Rory McIlroy? I, I can only imagine that when you're as good as Rory McIlroy, and this could sound really stupid, guys, but I think it does happen. He gets bored. I truly believe that at times, he just drifts off into Never Never Land. I mean, he'll make a swing. You mean like on the 12th hole Friday? That was unbelievable. Uh, that, was, that, that eight he makes on 12, it was like, did I just see this? Did I just watch what I call one of the best players in the world make an eight? And well, Woody, it's like it you said. It was like, it was like he dissociated from his body. Exactly. And, and I, I mean, I don't know if he gets bored. I don't. I have no idea what goes through Rory McIlroy's brain because I've never played at that level in my all my life. And to think that you can play so good and then just, uh-oh, where'd I go? And I think, I think if you learn anything from this, if you're one of our listeners out there, let me tell you something. One of the hardest things to do in golf is stay focused. 
for the whole round. It is easy to let your mind slip. And his doesn't slip. His just completely goes off the rail. <laughs> when he goes, he goes big. It's so true. I mean, in the first round, he gained 7.9 shots on the field, Jesus. guys. And then in round two, he loses 4.64 shots around the greens. I've never seen that. And then uh, Two or three of those were probably on 12. It took him three chips on 12 to get the ball on the green. And then 15, he chipped it over and yeah. either in the water or almost in. I can't yeah. remember. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then, and then in the final two rounds, he loses shots on the greens. And so it's like one specific area each round just costs him every single tournament it, it seems like he gets off to a hot hot start recently and you know just kind of loses it in one area of the game right it, it looked to me like you Literally. know he was, he was very much in control he's been playing great golf for a month he makes the eight on 12 on friday then he makes another double it was 15, 15 was the double yeah, yeah doubles 15 well, so drivable par four. Yeah, yeah 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 drivable par four doubles 15 and he played four straight weeks he's coming up on three weeks off I think that at that moment, he was just like, oh, my God, let's get to Sunday afternoon. Yeah. Like, that's what it looked like. It looked yeah. like he made a quad and a double on the back nine Friday and was just like, let's get to Sunday afternoon so I can go home. Well, Sleep my own bed. He, he won the Canadian Open and then finished, what, top five, top ten at the U.S. Uh, Open? T5. T5, yeah, top five U.S. Open, which is literally the hardest tournament in golf. And he's playing the next week. That's well, four and, and he played the Memorial the week before the uh, yeah. Canadian Open. I, I mean, I... I mean, that's how, a lot do you, of golf. how do you not get tired at that yeah, point? That's it's a lot it's of just golf. The, the timing of it was so crazy to me. Right. It's a good point. Yep. All right. We need to take a break. Woody, uh, we're cutting you loose. Go get well, feel better, and we'll talk to you Wednesday. I appreciate it, guys. Thank you very much. You're I'll the talk man. to you later. All, All right, right you later. All right. That's our man, Jim Woodward, here on the 73rd hole. We're going to take a break, come back on the other side. A lot more to get into on a Monday. Stay with us here, the 73rd hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. When something the size of a golf ball hits your roof, you need to call McRae Roofing. McRae Roofing is Oklahoma's designer roofing service specialist. For years, Jeff McRae and the experienced team at McRae Roofing and Exteriors have served fellow Oklahomans by helping them with their roofing needs. McRae Roofing uses only top quality materials and professional crews to make sure that each job is done right so it will give you the years of service, security, and protection you need from the unpredictable Oklahoma weather. McRae Roofing offers residential and commercial roofing, ventilation services, and custom copper designs. McRae Roofing is dedicated to exceeding the homeowner's expectations. It's not just a roof, it is your home's crowning glory. Call McRae Roofing today at 405-692-4000. That's 405-692-4000. Make sure to also visit their website at McRaeRoofing.com. That's M-C-R-A-Y Roofing.com. Don't get caught with a leaking roof. Contact McRae Roofing for your free inspection today. Back rolling along here on the 73rd hole. Colby Powell, Taylor Williams, Sam Humphreys. Hope our man Jim Woodward gets feeling better. Sounds like he is on the men and on his way back. Uh, Taylor, Xander Shoffley gets it done. And uh, a little mix and match in the bag this week. Mostly Callaway, but a couple of wedges uh, going the other direction. So what's in the bag this week for Xander as he hoists the trophy? Now, Colby, tell everyone where they can find this information at. They can find this information at GolfChannel.com. You can go to GolfChannel.com and find out what was in the bag yesterday for Xander Shoffley. And you wrote 
wrote the article, correct? Uh, or, or, I, I mean, I did. It's basically data entry <laughs> because we get the club sent to us, and then we just basically – it's really not even data entry. It's mostly copy and paste is what that is. So, uh, But, yes, I am familiar with what clubs were in the bag because I did some very serious copying and pasting yesterday evening. Uh, well, it's knowing what, what command P is or command C, whatever whatever button it is. Close so, enough. Close enough, yeah. So the driver is the Cowboy Rogue ST Triple Diamond. Triple Diamond's a phrase you'll see a lot of these tour players have. It's essentially a little bit of a smaller head, a, a quote-unquote tour-looking head per se, more fade bias, that type of thing. He has 10 degrees aloft on that with the Mitsubishi uh, Kalili white shaft, I believe. So Mitsubishi just absolutely running the tour nowadays. It seems like they've been doing it for a long time now, but nevertheless, uh, epic speed, Callaway 3-wood as well, 14.5 degree. That's also Triple Diamond with the, with the same uh, Mitsubishi shaft in it. Then a more common trend, guys, we're starting to see a seven wood was in the bag. Yeah. The Callaway Apex. We've seen Dustin Johnson, Patrick Cantlay. Oh, he's a seven wood. It's because the ball spins a lot less now than it used to. Yeah, so can I can... ask y'all, do you feel comfortable looking down at a wood with a bunch of loft? Because a, I used to use a five wood, and then it got to a point where I just didn't like looking down at a wood that had that much loft. So I carry driver three wood, and everything else is irons. Yeah, I, I go driver three wood, two iron. So no, I go driver three wood, way. two iron. Yeah. It's. It's really good out of the rough. If you're playing a okay. course with long rough yeah. and you got to hit yeah. like a 200-yard shot, you can just chop down on it. It's really good from there. But if you're playing in any type of wind, it's so hard to, to trust, unless you're straight downwind. What then about hybrids? Do you like hybrids? Uh, I used, do like hybrids. Used yeah. to, and then I that's why I ended up switching to my two-iron. Kind of got the yips with my three-hybrid. I got the snap hooks with it. Couldn't get rid of them, so I it's gone. I've and, never used a hybrid because I'm just scared it's going to go too high. One thing that I've noticed with these higher lofted woods like we're talking about, I have to use like a extreme extremely extremely stiff shaft in it like abundantly stiff because yeah. it's not just hooked the shit out of it because because like <laughs> that's so what i was got- doing with my hybrid and it's probably about when i started swinging faster and switched my driver my driver shaft to extra stiff but i didn't do that in my hybrid and i just started getting nasty snap hooks with my hybrid like out of nowhere well and it's just like a noodle whip at that point you're wanting to shut the face down because it looks like it has so much loft on it so uh getting off that track a little bit going into the irons callaway apex tcb kind of the raw finish on them not the metallic finish uh, DG uh, X100 shafts. Then the wedges, guys. This is one thing I always find interesting yeah. with tour players. He's got Callaway Jaws, 52-degree wedge, 10 degrees of bounce. Then he's got two Vokies, guys, but one's an SM6, 56-degree, uh, 10 degrees of bounce. Then he's got an SM9 uh, with 60-degree, uh, 6 degrees of bounce. So I always love to see the uh, the wedges that these uh, pros use and the different bounces and all that stuff. Odyssey O works number seven putter and then plays the Chrome Soft X golf ball. So the, the wedges is what surprised me yesterday as I was doing it. I was like, he's got three different wedges, and two of them are Vokies, and they're two different Vokies? I thought it was a very weird little mix and match, and I would have loved to have seen what kind of testing went on to, to get him to that point. Well, and it's like like last week, it was fairly interesting because it, it's kind of, you're somewhere in the middle, right? You either have all your wedges the same or you have them different. So it's nice to see, like, for example, Tiger had six degrees of bounce in both of his wedges. Fitzpatrick, I believe, had uh, eight degrees in all of his wedges. So you see 10 degrees, 10 degrees, and then you see six degrees of bounce on, on the sand, or on the lob wedge. Probably take a little bit off of that. That way you don't have to use that much hands into it. So yeah. I don't know. I, I really like this new segment we're doing because it is cool to dive in and see what clubs these guys are using. Yeah, I enjoy the club stuff as well. I also enjoy great dentistry, which is why. I go to Ring Family Dentistry. Uh, they will take care of you. They go out of their way to ensure all treatment is as comfortable as possible. Leading edge technology, delivering same day crowns for more than 20 years. You want it, they've got it. Implants, clear life, clear aligner, orthodontics. They do it all. All decisions are made by the patient. If they can't show why treatment is needed, they won't prescribe it. They explain their opinion, answer any questions, and ultimately leave all decisions to the patient. Go see our good friends at Ring Family Dentistry. A uh, lot going on in the game of golf. Sam, 
you were you were in Dallas for what, like four days, I think? A long time. So you were down there for a while. It's a long bachelor four, party. Four or five days, maybe. So I uh, hope you all had a good time. What uh, what were you taking in? Obviously, live news is coming. Tour news is coming. So, so you're kind of out of the way, unplugged nice. on vacation, but still taking it all in and processing so, it. So before I left on vacation, by the way, this was like the first time I've literally unplugged and not really watched sports like in like a year and a half, right? Because yeah. of what I do, like even if I'm not working, I have to like stay up on it. It's kind of awesome to just unplug so for a few days. It was so nice to That's unplug. That's what I did when we went to Austin. I wasn't texting y'all back whenever we were in Austin. Yeah. I just like didn't have my phone on me. It's great. It was it was, uh, it was was awesome. And what we do is awesome, but we need a break every once in a while. Yeah, time. yeah. You know? Everyone and so, does. Guys, before I left and, you know, after Brooks Kepka announced that he was going to live, I had a very good source text me and say that four guys ranked ahead of Brooks Kepka will go over to live. Now, none of those four guys have announced yet, and I think I know why. And, you know, obviously Xander last night tweeted out, we'll see you at the Scottish Open. What did the Scottish Open do? Yeah, they banned uh, they banned the live so guys. So I think you co- might... co-sanctioned event by the way, Scottish Open for those who don't know, co-sanctioned by the PGA Tour and the DP World Tour, and players are suspended from the PGA Tour. Keith Pelly, who runs the DP World Tour, said, "Yep, that's good by us. Any co-sanctioned events, live guys will not be permitted to play." Correct. And so I think that some of these guys want to prepare for the British Open by playing the Scottish Open. And I'm not saying Xander's going over there. I'm saying that it just makes sense that if he was going to go to the live, that he would wait until after the British Open. Yeah, no, it does make sense. Obviously, that rules out Portland for this week. But there's only one spot left in the field at Portland now. We don't really know who's going to fill that. And I'm not saying that he won't go to Portland right now, but he tweeted out that he was going to play in the Scottish Open. And if he's doing that... Then he's not playing Portland. Exactly. Yeah, because he knows he's playing Portland. He's not playing the Scottish. Portland is not as important to him as... Uh, as uh, the British Open. So Taylor and I were talking about this just real quick before you got here, Sam. I think that just by watching, like no sources texting me or anything, just watching the golf this weekend, the guy I would peg to head over there would be Patrick Cantlay, who had nine bogeys and a double yesterday on an easy golf course. And my theory is that he knew that it was the last round he would ever play on the PGA Tour, and it was weighing on him? Mm-hmm. Because how else does the number six player in the world make nine bogeys and a double at the Travelers? Uh, it's Exactly, because he made five birdies, and then the other 13 holes, he was 11 over. And he was in the final group on Sunday. He's from a five, top 10 player how, in the world. How about world. this? I told Taylor this before you got here. He was in the final group on Sunday, trailing by one shot. He actually led the tournament after two holes. Yep. He ended up dropping a spot in the world ranking today to a guy who didn't play this week, Cam Smith. That is unbelievable. That is how bad it went the last 16 holes for Patrick Cantlay. So, yeah, real quick, I just I completely agree with what Sam's saying. I think the Scottish Open, what, what they decided to do, uh, has a lot to weigh on this. But even a little bit deeper than that, I'm sitting here doing a little bit of counting. There's only six tournaments left in, out of the PGA Tour season. And if they're already going to miss Portland, they would only miss one other live event uh, because that's before the tour ends. So, no. are there some guys who are just going to play out the rest of the PGA Tour season and then immediately go to live in the fall? That's a good question. That is also, a good question. I still the one thing about the live that fascinates me. They said it's only forty eight guys, so if they keep adding guys. Then whoever's on the back end that's getting the boot is like. I feel like Liv well, can fly by the seat of their pants. Well, it's like, oh no, they I, definitely I, can. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. If you're one of these guys and you're looking at at the live field and you're like, okay. I think I'm the 46th best name in this field. What happens when they get three more guys? Are you just out of a job now? You, you get guaranteed money that they gave you. Yeah, yeah, but but, but you're not playing for the purses anymore, yeah. and now you're just kind of screwed. And we're already seeing it a little bit because I've seen the team captains for the Portland event. 
Taylor Gooch was a captain in London. He is not a captain this time. Well, we yeah, knew that was going to change, though. I, that, was, I was surprised to see that Gooch wasn't a captain, well, though. But, like, but, but, but still, like, does, no. like, all the big names are still captains, though. You get what I'm saying? So it's like they throw I in. I see what you're saying, but I, I think that I just kind of expected it to change because it's not going to be the same field at every event. Yeah, it's. I thought it was it, weird that a, Wade Ormsby well, is it's a captain. Like when, when, Taylor is playing, and he's not a captain, but... I kind of it's, expected it to change. It's weird to me the Wade Ormsby is a captain this week and Taylor Gooch isn't. That's weird. That is weird. That's that weird. weird. So I don't know, and, and I don't know how that decision was made, but uh, yeah. So let's talk about Chikara. We haven't gotten into Chikara right. yet, so that news breaks. Was it Friday or Saturday? My days run together. No, and right. so by the way, I just want to clear this up. I tweeted out that you know four guys I expect to go over to live that are ranked ahead of Brooks Kepka. Also. That had nothing to do with these OSU guys that are the rumors are just swirling. Right. Yeah. The, I mean, <laughs> so, the, the only everyone OSU thought guy. that I was talking about them. I was having DMs of people saying, you know, what are you talking about the OSU guys? No, I'm not. <laughs> the only OSU guy ranked the higher. OSU the guys. only OSU guy ranked higher than Kepka is Hovland. Yeah. And I have no idea if he's going, but yeah. nothing's been announced. It's just exactly. all rumors. Well, and we were talking uh, before you got here, Sam, that, you know, because flying under the radar, the Liv got uh, Carlos Ortiz in there, which it, yep. which doesn't seem like a big deal. But they got Abraham Anser and Carlos Ortiz, the two professional golfers from Mexico. So I said, they're essentially trying to buy a whole country. And Colby, what would you say about Stillwater? Yeah, so I said, they're trying to buy a town, too. Saudi Arabia's <laughs> biggest pipeline runs through Stillwater, Oklahoma. They are just picking off OSU guys left and right. And we've still got one spot open in this week's field. No idea who it's going to go to. Um, but guys, I mean, obviously, you guys had the radio show yesterday and talked a little bit about it. But I think that it is very underrated that Liv got Chikara. And obviously, I, I talked to Alan I think, I think it's properly rated. I think there's. I think you it's think properly rated. Okay. Well, I, I, he, I think the reaction. Here, maybe around here, but I, I think that it could be a domino effect that people haven't really foreseen that we have talked about a little bit. Well, it's like, Colby, you brought up a good point on the radio show yesterday, and I, I think this is something I want to get deeper into. You said that on. Hey, correct me if I'm wrong, but paraphrasing here, but essentially over the next few years for PJ Tour U, out of the top five guys who qualify, Liv would probably get one to two of those guys each year. Yeah, I think one to two a year. And and also, I mean, it depends on the 48, right? So it depends on how much room Liv, have, Liv has. If Liv pulls a bunch of big-name tour guys over and they right. don't need to go get college guys, maybe not. But if they're kind of in this same space they're at now where they need to fill out the back end of these fields, I think, yes, you could see of the top five college players, you could see maybe one or two a year go to Liv. So, I mean, yes, one or two does doesn't sound like a lot, but out of five people, that's 20 to 40%. That's quite a bit, isn't it? Uh, I mean, obviously two would be worse than one. I, I don't know because Liv is such this ever-evolving thing, and, it, and it's something we're adapting to constantly. So, like, Chakara goes, but Goddard didn't go, Cootie didn't go, McAllister didn't go. Yes. So, it's like... How do you balance, like, obviously live? It's like, hell yeah, we got Chikara. And then if you're Team Tour, you're like, hell yeah, we kept Cootie and got her up in, in McAllister. Right. And, and I don't know... I don't know where that line gets drawn moving forward because live is this constantly evolving thing that that I don't think we know what we're going to... And PGA Tour U, I think, will also evolve. So, I yeah, I think it's hard to predict the future on that. It is, and I think it was kind of a ballsy move by Chikara. Remember, I talked to Alan Bratton right after they finished the NCAA tournament, and I asked him, it, the point blank, I said, it's pretty impressive you guys got Chikara to come back, and he was very excited about it. He said, yeah, we have everyone coming back except Amon Gupta. I don't, I mean, you might know better than me, but I don't feel like I got the feeling that he knew about this. I, my, like was, my understanding is that make your decisions, do what you want to do. My understanding is that it was not handled really well. Yeah. And, and I, I hope that, 
you know, Chikara, successful golf career, all that. I, I hope that he doesn't regret the way that this all went down because it's, it doesn't play well when you have the, the really heartfelt statement coming back and then six weeks later, you, you, you he's throw a young the guy. You, you're allowed to change your mind. Oh, no, and, you are. And, mo- and yes, money are. changes. Money changes and yep. offers change. And so maybe, and I'm expecting this to be the truth, that he didn't have that offer when he said he was coming back to OSU. He might not have. I don't know. Well, and, and Kyle Porter on, tw- on Twitter made a really good point talking about the live where it's, Okay, when you're one of these young guys, right, and you come over, like if you're if you're fresh out on the tour and you win, people understand what that means, right? Because you won a tour event when you're first like fifth start or something like that. Yeah, or even Wolf, like, Wolf, even Wolf like, won in his third start. Or even like Pearson Cootie on the corn floor. We know how much that means yeah. because he won on the corn floor. Won by five. Yeah. What if Chikara goes out and wins in Portland? What do we make of that? Like, what? That's do a we, great question. Do, do you say, oh, because there's no prestige behind it? You say, oh, you went out and you beat DJ, you beat Phil, beat Bryce, and yeah, it That's sounds the thing good. Is but the, what does it mean? But the prestige would start with that. You know, we're just starting. We've had one event on the live, right? And so, to me, I think that it, why I said it's a ballsy move by Chikara is we don't even know if they're getting official world golf ranking points yeah. yet. And, and so I, I honestly and they probably won't. I think it's a coin flip because there's no cut. But so like whatever the the eighteen hundredth ranked player in the world that they used to fill out the bottom of this field and then he finishes T forty four. I, I don't know. Does that guy but, get world but ranking? Here's points? the domino effect. What I'm saying is the whole reason why I'm saying it's such a risky move, but it could pay off. Number one, he's getting paid. And number two, if he goes on to have a great career, whether it be on the live or in the future on the PGA Tour, or in, just in the majors and the live, if it works out, this could be the domino that sends a bunch of college players from collegiate the, golf to the live. The, the world ranking is key because if they don't get the world ranking points, Correct. then those college guys would be foregoing their chances to play in major championships if they went to the live. Yes. And that would be... A huge blow to live if they yep. don't get world ranking. And points. I don't think they're going to. I mean, y- your your dad, the Hump Man, said it yesterday. The board who determines who gets the world ranking points, Jay Monahan, the the DP World Commissioner, is Monahan on the board? Yeah, yes, but yeah, what he's I'm on the board. Is, There's only like seven of them. I know that they're finding these guys, uh, you know, that are played and live yep. on the DP World Tour. But to me, that just kind of looks like a PC move. I, I, I mean, you know that. It, I mean, if you're the I, I don't know his name. What's Keith Pelly. Pelly, yeah. yeah. So if you're Pelly and you're saying, I'm going to find these guys, but I know that they're going to get paid what I find them anyways, is that really a punishment? And and he's well, kind of saving his ass, but I still think he's behind the scenes saying, this is the DP World Tour's chance to take over the PGA Tour. Do you think, though? Because if if you're the DP it, World Tour, so let's say you just you you let live guys come play your tour just as normal, like normal members like anybody else, then... Do, do you not feel like you're still going to come in last? They're going to play the live event, and then they're going to play the majors, and then they're going to play but they're like already the Scottish. Last. They can't get more last than being the P, than being the DP World Tour. Yeah, but I, I right mean now, now, but now they're second behind the PGA Tour. If they were they? to default to live, I feel like more people are talking about live. No, no, no. I mean, I meant pre-live before oh, okay. live existing. They're second behind the PGA Tour. So now, are they going to be third? I. I don't know what Keith Pelly should do. I really don't. Well, that's like, for example, the world ranking points are determined by the top 200 players that are in your field. So if these 
DP World events start getting these bigger players to play, the world ranking points will go up. And we've already talked about before how the tournaments have essentially a guarantee that they have to give the guys that win. So that's why I keep saying the DP World Tour has so much power here because I don't think that these live events are going to get world ranking points. So then everyone's going to go to the DP Tour to try to get uh, to try to get uh, those points. And then the point I want to make is, is that yes, will they still play second fiddle in a sense? Probably, but. For the year, for the DP World Tour, if we if we allow all these guys who are on the live to get memberships, how many more of them are going to play in the DP World Tour Championship at the end of the year? Uh, yeah, a bunch. A yeah. bunch. So a bunch. that's a guaranteed revenue deal. And just to point out here, Louis Ustazen played last week at the BMW International Open. Sergio Garcia, he played. I mean, they, just, they, they can play this week at the Irish. Yeah. Yeah. So I yeah. mean, they're they're going they, they up just, there. They just can't play in the also, in the co-sanctioned. Also, events. kind of a weird move by the Scottish Open. If you just ask me. Like the um, big bad Scottish Open telling guys they can't go play. It's, it's just because it's co-sanctioned. Yeah, they, if, if it wasn't co-sanctioned, so, so they'd all be there. This past summer, fall, the DP World Tour and the PGA Tour entered into an alliance, and they're living up to their partnership that they agreed to by by keeping players out of the co-sanctioned events. But by the way, while we're talking about the DP World Tour, I saw maybe the best video in golf I've seen all year yesterday, and it was Hao Tong Lee. Winning oh, the BMW yes. International oh, Open. Golf is Guys, maybe hard. celebration of the year and maybe co-celebration of the year next to Harold Varner. It's Varner's was up there, but that was that was like 90-footer craziness yeah. celebration. How Tong Lee's was to celebrate like that. Like, all I saw as I was watching him celebrate, I'm like, there had to have been so many dark days between when he was last on, on top of the mountain 100%. and getting there again. He considered retirement last year. He had missed 13 out of 16 cuts. He, you know, he he stared down Rory in in Dubai. He led the PGA Championship through 54 holes and went out and hit the range balls forever, as they're talking about him uh, on live from. And he his career got to some dark places. And to see that emotion come out yesterday when he won, oh my gosh, I was I got chills watching that video of how Tong. Oh, and it's I, I don't know if I've ever seen this before in a post round interview. A guy just doesn't drop the f bomb once, does it twice. Back to back, he said he was. I, he black, I promise he blacked out. <laughs> Rightfully so. And it's like it's not like he went out there and just beat some bums. He beat Thomas Peters in a playoff. Yeah, I mean, Thomas, Thomas Peters, Hal Tong Lee in a playoff for just kind of a, a I don't want to call it a throwaway DP World Tour event, but it's not like one of these big marquee events that we're all dialed in on on the DP World Tour. That's a hell of a playoff. It was and a great yeah. story. Ryan Fox came in third as well, so I mean it was it was a great tournament, and I mean that is the talk about an underachieving playoff there. Like who under who's underachieved more in their career? How Tong Lee or Thomas Peters? Uh, Thomas. Peters. Who's won more on that tour? Has Thomas Peters won? How many times has Thomas Peters won on that tour? Well, there's one quick because How Tong Lee's won three times now, I believe. How high? How Tong Lee? Ooh, how high? How Tong Lee? I'll pull it Let's up right it. now. Uh, he, was pretty, he, was, he was really good. At I feel point. like he got like thirty fifth in the world. Give me 26. Uh, I haven't looked yet. I'm going to say he got to... I don't think he got quite that high. Show me 41st for Hao Tong Lee. All right, here we go. Hao Tong Lee, 32nd in the world. Oh, I was right there. What was your guess? 35th. 35th? 26th. Okay. Yeah, 32. Okay. He's he's currently back up to 134, by the way. He had gotten down uh, to just this side of 500. He was down in the 460s in 2021. I got pulled up right here. Do Thomas Peters in. I already have the answer, so y'all got to go for it. For how high? Yeah. Thomas Peters. Give me 35. I was going to say, I honestly (laughs) don't know that he got as high as Lee. I'm I'm going 42. 
23. Really? Wow. In August 2017. 27, five Dude, years Peters ago. Peters was a world beater in college. Dude, Unbelievable. his swing. His swing. Won is, nationals. His swing has forever been so good. I don't know why he's not better than he is. Right, so, so he's golf, won, golf's just hard. He's won six times on the DP World Tour, Peter says. So then let's okay. go to Hal Tongley. Hal Tongley's won three. Six, one in 2016, one in 2018 over Rory, and then yesterday. Well, and Peters is 30 years old. How old is Hal Tong? Hal Tong's still pretty young. Much He's only, younger. only 26 years old. I was going to say, Hal Tong Lee was young really? when he came yeah, out. Ain't yeah, ain't that crazy? He That's looks crazy. a lot older, yeah. too. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, that was just, that video yesterday just caught me, and I didn't want to get through the show without bringing it up, because that, that emotion on the golf course is just so, so cool. So, we talked about the big names going to live. I want to talk a little bit about something you brought up, Colby, on the radio show yesterday. And if you don't mind giving your point first so it makes more sense and talk about what you're talking about, like with Josh Creel and everything yesterday and how it might hurt guys like that. So basically kind of the point I was trying to make, uh, and I was actively playing golf while I was making this point, so hopefully it came across (laughs) the way I wanted to. It came across great. so, So basically what I was saying was, the PGA Tour is now having to dip into whatever reserves they have, get new sponsors, whatever they need to do, because they've got to throw more money at this thing to make the stars happy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've talked about before on this show, you know, Corn Ferry guys need better. The, the lower level PGA Tour guys need better. You should never lose money to play on the tour. And I feel like that conversation is now being put on the back burner because we're, we're throwing so much money at these top guys. And I feel like the guys that that could impact are going to be like the Josh Creel's Taylor Moore's, these guys, because now all of the tour's extra money, anything additional that they can do is all going to go to the stars because they have to fight live. So I I feel like that's going to leave some of the lower level guys in a spot where, okay, we've still got what we always have, but there's no real hope that that our status and our money is going to go up because they've got to give it all to to Rom Scheffler, Rory, and Morikawa. So my first point here I and I agree with some of what you're saying but I disagree with the whole premise of that it's going to hurt these guys mainly because if you're a Josh Creel and we're just using him as example because just we, an know example. Him, right? we know him local and, guy, and yeah. so basically to me I think it's better for guys like that if the fields get a little weaker you get in more reshuffle right events and and things like that and then you're being it's weaker fields and you have a better chance to make the normal money on the PGA Tour. I okay. feel like it's a better avenue for these guys if you if the fields are a little weaker, right? Okay, yeah. No, I see what you're saying there. That that could definitely be beneficial. And, and then my second point would be... I've got a question, go too. Ahead, go ahead. No, I, I just... Someone want to ask... It's kind of related. Um, the, the restructuring to where the FedEx Cup playoffs are going to be top 70 instead of top 155, and basically 71 through 200 are going to play a fall series for tour cards... I actually love that. I think that's going to make the fall so much more entertaining because we're going to have a bunch of guys out there playing for their, their cards, and we're going to see it out unfold in front of us. And I told, said this yesterday on the radio, Chesson Hadley was 125 last year. I mean, you can make the argument that the, the guy who finishes 71st deserves full status the next year. But if you go look at Chesson Hadley's results from last year, I don't think that you can make a, a reasonable argument that that guy deserves to have full status the, the next year over a young guy who's up and coming. Because it was one good tournament at Congaree for Hadley, and then it was a whole bunch of missed cuts at T61s. I guess my question from that philosophy, because I see both sides to it, but is the guy that finished 71st going to enter this fall series the exact same as the guy that no. was on 200? No. So, it, how, so how are they going to structure? So it'll be a running tally from the full season, and then the fall will be tacked on to whatever you accomplish during the season. So like, if you finish 71 and you get out of the FedEx Cup playoffs, you're now not going into the fall season with the same 
points as the guy at 200. The guy at 200, he's going to have to play some serious golf for three months to get himself up and get a tour card. The guy who's in 71st, you just have to not be a train wreck for three months. And then the guy's in like the 100 to 150 range, the, you know, kind of 25 spots on either side of the bubble. Those are the guys who are really like, you can play decent to average golf and lose your card. You can play great golf and get more status. And so that's the part that I think will be cool. But no, 71 and 200 won't start with the same number of points and, to scratch. And then so my next question I add on to, I'm not sure if anyone knows, but how does this affect the Corn Fairy Tour? Because the Corn Fairy Tour gives out the 25 tour cards or whatever it is. And they do it at the same time the tour championship ends. So what are these guys going to do once their season ends? Are they going to go into this this pool to try to get more status, more reshuffles, or how does that work? I don't know the answer to that question. I, that is a good question. I, yeah. I don't know. Maybe it is somewhere down in the weeds of, like, this release that they gave <laughs> out. already they probably, confusing how they do it, and it just got a little more confusing. Yes, they It'll probably be, don't even know what the hell they're going to do. Going they're back just waiting to, for it. I, I do like going back to the calendar schedule, though. So, I don't like the wraparound season. I... To me, there's like there's no drama, there's no buildup. If your tour season ends at the tour championship, and we're like, all right, see you in Napa in four days. Like, no, I think season ends at the end of August. Season begins at the beginning of January. I think that's a better calendar system. So Colby brought up an interesting point in that you know the it's going to hurt the Corn Ferry Tour. Why not use that money to help the lower guys on the PGA Tour? What my rebuttal would be, and, and Country Club Collection put this on Instagram, and I totally agree with it, and even Taylor Gooch said, you're welcome on uh, on Twitter, uh, basically saying that they haven't done that and that they just randomly found $160 million to just throw at the top players for these eight events, right? Nope, nope, nope. Not 160. Not 160. So the the How? events the events during the regular PGA Tour season that the purses increased, that totaled $54 million. So like the Memorial, Bay Hill, Century, those purses going up, that totaled $54 million. And then there will be three additional events in the fall that have $60 million purses each. So $114 million, um, and that's coming from sponsors and reserves. Okay, either way, they found not, a bunch Nine of, figures. Nine either figures. Way. That's yes. just, that's either just, way. We're, we're same on that. Would this have happened without Phil doing what he did or without Taylor Gooch doing what he did? I, I would assume not. Okay. I mean, it's – Colby, what do you think? Well, would it have happened? Well, I don't know. Quick, I don't Colby, know. I mean, if yes uh, – Let's put it this me, way. If, if, it yes, was, if yes, the tour has some explaining to do. If no, everybody should thank Taylor Gooch, like he said. It's The, the timing of it is, what's, is, what, is what makes the tour look bad, in my opinion, because – when their backs get up against the eight ball, what do they do? They come up with money somehow. And it's, you know, the point that I made to you guys in the group text the other day, talking with some people who, who are going out on, going to play Q School coming up. They, in Q, they increased the price of Q School by $1,000 this year. Yeah, it's incredibly expensive to try to play professional. And it was, all, it was already almost five figures, and it probably was more than that whenever you get done with expenses and all that. So Isn't it 6500 now? Yes. I think, yeah, yeah 6500 if you want to try to get through Q School, yeah. which, which I think is criminal. And, and, and they just keep increasing it, and they increase it, and then, like Sam said, they're giving out all this money to the big dogs. It's- but basically, my overarching point that I was trying to make about the big dogs is that now there's going to be so much focus on that that all this other stuff, Q School, Corn Ferry, but, but you know, PGA Tour rookies who are missing 70% but of their But don't act like they were helping the rookies or anything before that. They were giving PIP money last year. I know, but that was also in response to Liv. Kind of, the PGA Tour has been very reactive. I'm not, you know, I'm anti-Live Pro Tour, kind but, of, but, but, I, what I'm but saying, I also don't want to come off as like, the PGA Tour is perfect. No, the PGA Tour is not perfect. I, I still like the PGA Tour. I think it's a good tour. I think it's the best tour in the world, but I don't think they're perfect. I agree, but what I'm saying is, if you say that it was a, in response to Live, 
isn't that aren't the PGA Tour kind of talking out both sides of their mouth? Well, and it's it's really funny how Jay Monahan in his press conference. What was the exact word? It's something like, well, "If we're trying to compete dollar for dollar against the live, we're not going to be able to do it." And it's which, by the way, I wasn't on that podcast with y'all, but I think that was a huge sign of weakness. That was I completely agree because I don't know. I mean, he's right, isn't he? Well, it's okay. Here's my point, Colby. Right. If you take out where the money's coming from, you have a business competitor that you're going against. It's essentially like the Homeland going against Walmart, okay? No, so, no, it's not because Homeland and Walmart are both businesses that have to make money. Liv doesn't have to make money. Liv's but, not a business that's trying but, to make but money. But what does that matter, though? Because you have startups that fail all the time. I would say... Just because their goal is to make money Liv's compared current, to if they do? Liv's currency is different than money. They're trying to well, but I'm saying better we, tourism in Saudi Arabia. That's their whole goal. Well, we can't say tour versus live is like Homeland versus Walmart because Homeland versus Walmart, if they lose a billion dollars, they go under. Okay. If, if Liv loses a billion dollars, they run it back next year. But, but th- that's just saying because someone has a bigger budget to make their business last longer that they have different rules. And that's not the case. That's not, not how business it's, it's, works, It's Colby. not bigger. It's unlimited. But uh, it, it, there is a limit to it, Colby. No, there's not. Yes, there is. There's not just 18 billion trillion freaking dollars over there. You don't think if they gave out as much money as they wanted to, they could eventually run out? Saudi? Uh, yes. No. So you think they could just rent eight, $100 trillion? They could do that. Okay, no, obviously, within the so context of a, live golf. Then there is a limit, Colby. Homeland versus Walmart was a bad comparison. No, it's not. Yes, it's it a, is. It is a business model. Live is not a business model. They're not trying to make money. So what? Okay, so here, here's my point, all right? You start up a business, right? Okay, if you have a rich dad or a rich family or whatever who's okay. going to back you, Okay. You can go three to five years, which what most businesses do, they go three to five years without making any profit. Okay. That, that, that happens all the time. Yes. So if you have a, a rich dad who has, a, let's just say, $100 billion, let's just say that, to, to some people that seems like unlimited money. $100 billion seems unlimited to some people. What the, what the Saudis have, yes, it is a lot of money, maybe more than anyone else in the world has. It is limited. It could go away. In it, the context of live golf, though, I mean... How, how, much, okay, are they actually, okay, how much are they actually going to lose this year? Okay. Probably a billion? Okay, take, okay, take about that. Walmart's one of the biggest companies in the world. You don't think the people to look at how much money they have and say they can't fail because they have too much money? Uh, I mean, Walmart at this point probably is big enough that they can't. Okay, so how's that different? Because Walmart, when they started, they had to develop a business. They had to come up with a business plan to make money to succeed. Liv doesn't have to do that because they can just no, lose no. all this money. Liv has the rich dad that can back them for multiple years until they decide to make money. If they go 10 years without making a dime, they're not going to do it anymore. Okay. Maybe they won't. Maybe they will. They but, can but, if they want to. But guess what? If they go five years with losing money and then they start making money, that's a profitable business. Which yeah. is the exact same thing as having a rich backer to help you get through rough business times. But they're never going to make but, money. But yes, they Colby, can. Here's the Colby, thing, how can they not? Does the PGA Tour make money? Yes, because so, the PGA Tour isn't handing out $200 million guaranteed contracts to okay. 51-year-olds. Okay, so once you Hold get... On. Go ahead. Real quick. Live and Saudi Arabia are not trying to make money. It would be nice if they did, but that's not their goal. Their goal so what is the goal? The goal, to me, from just looking at the whole situation, their number one overarching goal for Saudi Arabia is to improve tourism and make people think that, you know, make people forget about some things that they've done in the past. It's, right? to, improve, it's okay. to improve their and reputation. Number two, okay. And number two, just golf-wise, their goal is to take over the PGA Tour, clearly. Okay, so if you take over the PGA Tour, don't once you start making the money that the PGA Tour makes? Yes. Okay, so then it's a business. I understand. I'm not disagreeing with you, but I'm saying that you guys are kind of arguing the same point in the end. 
I don't think me. we are because Colby thinks that lives never and we'll live. But he's right live. right now that they do basically have unlimited money in this situation. But you're okay. right in the long run that if they do succeed and take over the PGA Tour, that they're going to make money just because there's not going to be a PGA Tour product that's any good anymore. Okay, here's another point. If you if you have a startup business and you have a bigger budget, what are you allowed to do? You're allowed to market better. You can hire better people. You can get your name out there better. People are going to know who you are and know what you're about a lot better than if you don't have any money. So what is Liv doing? They're spending what they have for essentially their startup business to try to get the best workers that they can. And yes, like I said, every business, very rarely is a business going to make money in the first two years they do it. If five years, if they get five of the top 10 players in the world, like we're hearing that is going to happen, you're going to get eventually, once you get enough sports washing, whatever you want to phrase it to where people don't care where the money's coming from, they're going to get sponsor money. There's going to be a TV contract. But the money can come also, at some point. this is a thing that I've thought about is if Liv continues to get top-ranked players or even half of the top 30 eventually, won't official world golf ranking points just not matter or not mean anything? Uh, the majors, you, though. The majors, yeah, the but majors, the majors though. are going to come out, and they're not going to. They'd have to change their criteria. And basically, how you, get the yes, you think the Masters would change their criteria if they if no. they didn't have as good of a product as they have right now? The Masters is not going to dilute their product. Oh man, I don't know. That would be a big decision on their part to say. You know what? what we're do you just, think, Tyler? We're you, just going to have half of the players that we normally have. Do you think the Masters would change their criteria? I don't. I personally know. I think what, what you'll no, have. No, I do think they would change the criteria. Sorry. I, no, I, I, I know what you mean. I, I, you mean. I think what, what's going to have to happen is if we get far enough down this rabbit hole to where, like right now, what do we do every week? We look at the strength of field of the tournament, right? And with the, if, once we get to a point to where the fields aren't that strong, we're not going to look at it. We're not going to care. And just to clarify, Colby, I looked it up. Walmart, their market cap, $338.86 billion. To majority of people I know, they would say that's unlimited money. Yeah, and that's half of what the Saudis have, and they're only <laughs> dumping a billion into golf. Like, they yeah. can lose a billion. Okay, they, literally, they literally offered Tiger a billion. This, 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 because, again, the money is coming from a government, so this is just like a side project for a government that they're just going to dump money into because the goal, the goal isn't to make money. The goal is to improve the reputation of Saudi Arabia. But I've said this before. Who's freaking dumb enough to think that because you have a golf tour, you're going to freaking not care about the atrocities going to the country. Anyone who believes that, just an idiot. I mean, I'm, that's how sports washing works, though. They just try to... It's, it's basically a distraction. <laughs> like, look over here, not over here. So it's and like what, much me, it's like what but, China and the NBA has done for five years. I'm anti-all sports washing. I'm not... But to I'm anti-all sports washing. But to me... <sighs> Is that such a bad thing? Like that they're trying to improve their reputation? It's it, I think it, once again that's a business thing. I think it is if they're not trying to do anything to better human rights in their country. Like if if they were like, look, we want to get into golf and we're going to stop executing people without trials. Okay, I'd be like, you okay, that's progress. This, you can look but, at the stuff that happened this weekend in America. Okay. Yeah. Why are we bringing the politics into? I'm just Guys, basically the saying, American government does not fund the PGA Tour. I understand that. That's apples and oranges. I understand that, but Saudi but, but Arabia is much is, smaller. Colby, why is that different? If a country funds it compared to a corporation, what, if what, the what actual it? United States government was funding the PGA Tour, the PGA Tour would have to ask quite, answer questions about that. Well, the, should, the, the PGA Tour would have to answer questions about decisions that are being <laughs> made by the government if that's where their funding was coming from. But wouldn't, because at the same time, 
you have to look at it from the perspective of yes, a country goes by the same yes, the country goes by the same rules from a lot of times as a corporation does. You have criteria you have to meet and you have to do these things. I don't care where it's coming from. And yes, do you have to answer questions? Yes, but at the same time. I think it's different. I think the PGA Tour should answer more because they're technically a nonprofit. Well, seems yeah, like they had a hundred. They get tax breaks every year that no one ever asks questions. Mo- about. Mo- Monahan, Monahan got a bunch of questions about their and he their status. He didn't last give week. any great answers on it. He, he basically said, if we need to at any point change what we're doing to better the PGA Tour, we will, which is kind of a non-answer answer, right? Yeah, I but mean, to me, he didn't answer the fact that they've been taking tax breaks that basically. It, it is a nonprofit, but it's not, right? I mean, to it's me, pretty it much, it. pretty much, yeah. By the way, if you want to maximize your profit, you need to go see our good friends <laughs> at Quail Creek Bank. Give them a call, 405-755-1000, 122nd and North May in Oklahoma City. If you're a small business owner looking for a bank that understands your unique financial needs, and if you want to develop a relationship with a banker who knows you and your family by name, that is their mission at Quail Creek Creek. Quail Creek Bank. That's a mouthful sometimes. They're a family. They consider their customers part of that family, too. Go experience the difference. Quail Creek Bank, 405-755-1000. All right. We are running out of time for the day. Is there anything that we didn't get to that we wanted to get to? I think we're good. Got into more than I even thought we would. Guys, I mean, we could talk about that stuff for hours. Well, because there's so many layers to it. There's so many layers to it. There really is. And I don't even like getting into the politics of all of it, but it is intertwined the more that you look into it. But at the same time, I just want to finish off with my thought that, you know, I think it needs to be separated. And I don't think that we need to look at Phil Mickelson or Taylor Gooch and say, oh, those guys just want to help the Saudis, right? I just don't look at it that way. And my whole point I've been trying to make is, during this whole thing, is that these two tours can coexist together. And that's for whatever reason the PJ Tour doesn't think that they can because they don't believe in their business model. And they're apparently. both going to have great tournaments this week, I feel like. Uh, I don't know. I, I kind of think they're both going to be bad, honestly. I, I'm what's As more, good what's as they be, could be. Is, legit is it, question. What's more going to be more entertaining, the Portland or the John Deere? Well, Portland will be more entertaining. Exactly. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know who's in the John Deere field. I saw Burger was in, but I don't know if there's any other names in the John Deere field. We've well, seen we'll the John Deere. We'll have next show. We've seen the John Deere. We won't Deere. have we'll it for the field next year. We won't uh, have it I won't be here next show. Uh, Wednesday <laughs> is my wife's final day of maternity leave. I am off work. We're going to take the day Come on. and uh, mourn the 12 weeks off that she has had, <laughs> which has been fantastic. So, uh, yeah. Quick, quick side note. Paternity leave should be longer than that. Uh, agreed. Weeks. Agreed. Yeah, I think she should be able to stay home indefinitely while getting paid. Full pay. He's gonna no, be- not indefinitely, but it is. I am very bummed that she has to go back to work. Uh, I'm, I'm going to get real busy. Daddy duty. I'm going to get real busy. Big daddy. Yeah, she likes to eat regularly. <laughs> Wife and baby. Are you going to breastfeed Mostly yeah. baby. Probably not. I'll probably pass. <laughs> I don't know. We might check on the latch, see how the latch is. All right, oh. that's enough for today. That's enough for today. <laughs> Y'all have bastard. fun on Wednesday. Thanks, everybody, for listening once again to the 73rd Hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma.